Welcome back to Big Fish Little Pod, a new podcast with Bob Hollis. If you don't already know, Bob Hollis is my dad, and this podcast was really inspired by the conversations he and I get to have each week. My dad really wants Big Fish Little Pod to be an interactive experience where you're not just hearing what he has to say, but also sharing your responses and reflections. I'll get more into how you can do that at the end of the podcast. But first, when I was uh, editing this podcast, it made me think of this old VHS tape I had as a kid. There had been a made-for-TV movie about Sonny and Cher, and someone in my family had recorded it onto an old VHS tape. And so as a kid in the 90s, I watched this movie way more times than it would be normal, just because of the access I had to this tape. There was one scene in the movie where Sonny had recruited Cher and he had rented a recording studio and he got her in front of the mic and he was so excited to hear this amazing voice that he had found. But when she got in front of the mic, she just kind of clammed up and that beautiful voice didn't come out. So to try to calm her nerves, Sonny jumped into the booth with her and he just started singing in his normal voice. And when she heard it, she just felt more comfortable. And based on my memory of this made-for-TV movie about Sonny and Cher. That's how they got started. So it kind of reminded me of me and my dad and this podcast. I don't have a mustache, and my dad is not Cher. But a similar thing happened for us. When dad first got in front of the mic months ago, the great, wise, wonderful voice that I expected to come out of him just didn't. But when I started asking him questions, which is kind of what I've been doing my whole life, he showed up. So today is kind of an example of one of those questions. I asked dad about Christian identity and what it means in the world today and what it means in my life. And we get to hear his responses. So thank you so much for tuning in. We're so excited that you're here and we can't wait to hear your reflections on this episode of Big Fish Little Pod. Well, welcome back everyone to Big Fish Little Pod. We're here because I believe that the scripture that says those who seek will find and seek first the kingdom of God, the presence of God, and all these other things will be added unto you. Well, I believe we're all seekers, or we all can be seekers, which means that we don't have all the answers. We're still looking. And and as long as we're looking for for God, for that presence, for for that thing that is bigger than all of us, then I think we're in good places. And just as a compliment that I want to throw my Amy's way, when Jesus, when his parents lost him, and when he was 12 and they were in Jerusalem and they started back on the trip home thinking that, that Jesus was okay and with his cousins or something, and then went back that next day and found him in the temple talking with the high priests and the, and the Pharisees, the Pharisees and the high priests said to his parents, We knew that this boy was wise by the questions that he asked. So right now, we're going to turn it over to Amy and see how wise she is by the questions that she asks. Oh, gosh. How's that for a (laughs) build-up? Yeah. Um, It's all around the idea of identity within religion. Um, And a little background, 
I think from my side would be helpful. Obviously, I was raised the daughter and granddaughter of ministers. And then I went to a Catholic university. And then while I was in college, I really started my own spiritual journey. And I got into different paths that were more kind of coming from an Eastern perspective. I studied um, the science of mind at Centers for Spiritual Living. I studied A Course in Miracles. I started practicing yoga. Um, and then post-college, I lived at a Buddhist meditation center in Australia. I met um, bhakti yogis, and then I lived at a yoga retreat center with them and started meditating daily and became vegetarian and dove deeper into that area. And now I live and serve at a bhakti yoga center in D.C., while at the same time going to ministerial school with a future plan of either being a chaplain or maybe even becoming a minister for a local church, depending on the way that my path leads. And I actually went to church the Sunday to a new church I'd never been to. And it just struck me while I was sitting there, am I Christian? <laughs> I, I participate in a weekly Bible study. I read Christian literature during the week on my own. I exclusively listen practically to Christian worship music on the radio in the car. I listen to Christian sermons on my podcasts. But then for so many reasons, I'm not a Christian. I've never been baptized. I don't know if Jesus is the only way. Is the only way. <laughs> I actually just coughed on that <laughs> phrase. <laughs> Joked on that one. <laughs> I have an altar here in my home um, that I spend time doing devotionals and worship in front of that does not exclusively worship Christian deities. So I think it, it almost reminded me how my Indian American friend, uh, friend in college, she used to say that she was born in India, but when she would go back to India, she wasn't Indian enough for the Indians. But then in America, she was totally identified as Indian. She wasn't American enough for the Americans. And I feel a bit like that, like I'm not yogi enough for the yogis, but I'm not Christian enough for the Christians. Like, so I guess, yeah, I just was playing with this idea of identity, what that means for me and what that means for others. Um, I mean, my roots growing up in a minister's home, my dad was a Navy chaplain, so it was different than growing up in a local pastorate. My dad served in the Navy chapels or on board ships where he had to be everything to all people. So there were times he said on the USS Boston that he was the 10th man with the Jewish gathering so that they could have a synagogue mm. because they needed 10 men. Mm. So he became a Jewish man in those times so that they could worship together. And that was the job of a chaplain. You know, and so that's how I grew up. Mm -hmm. I grew up with a pretty wide view, even though my developmental spirituality came from the Southern Baptist Church, mm -hmm. which is one of the most definable. This is what it means to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. um, so as we answer those questions, I'm coming from that area of I have a very biblical foundation and a very spiritual growth and development. So mm -hmm. let's 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 tackle that identity. You know, if I was back in Larchmont Baptist Church, what I learned there was the classic John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the father except by me. Mm -hmm. 
Now that's what I learned. And that's, that was my first identity of what it meant to be Christian. Although let's, let's make a point that Jesus never used the term Christian. Right. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't even a part of language until the, in Antioch about 40 to 60 years after Jesus had died and rose again, that was the first term we hear Christians, people who follow the Christ. The scripture tells us, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Mm -hmm. um, that is classic Christianity's identity of what it means to be a Christian. But that doesn't define what that means. You know, so mm -hmm. Jesus is the way. Taoists are looking for the way. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the truth. Unitarians are looking for the truth that brings life. Jesus is the life. Well, there's a whole bunch of belief systems that are people looking to truly engage in life as it was meant to be lived. Mm -hmm. So what does it mean if we seek those things to come to God through Jesus? Different churches answer that in different ways. Mm -hmm. My good Southern Baptist church would say, unless you're looking at the Messiah, Savior, Christ, anointed one, Son of God, mm -hmm. and believe that Jesus was and is the only representative of that, then you're going to hell. And you have no place in the kingdom of God or this church. If you're looking at the historical Jesus, you can study him like you study other great religious leaders and learn from his words and his life, but then it's up to you. Right. And if you believe in the Logos, the word that was with God at the beginning that spoke things into creation, that loved us so much that that Logos came to earth as a human being to experience what we experience, to be trapped like we're trapped, to set us free like we can be set free, and that dwells with us now, then, then that can open you up to all sorts of possibilities. But when I talk like that, my good conservative friends tell me that I have no passion for souls, that I don't care about your soul. Because unless you get down on your knees and say the sinner's prayer and accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, then you're damned. Yeah, I think the, I think the big problem with that for me is because, I guess because of how you raised me, like I've never been one to live for the afterlife. Right. So when you say that, like, if I don't get down on my knees and say a prayer, then I'm going to be damned. I'm just kind of like, eh. <laughs> like for me, that that doesn't really feel like a big um, consequence, you know, because I don't really believe it, right. you know. So I guess that's the problem with that for me is like, it doesn't hold a lot of weight for me, that right. threat. Right. And also, I mean, for me, I don't want to get down on my knees and say the sinner's prayer because I'm afraid I'm gonna get in trouble if I don't. Right. I wanna do it because I feel inspired to surrender my life to Christ. Right. Which I guess is, is the same. I mean, the people who want new Christians to do that, they probably also want that to be the intention in their hearts, you know? I mean, you want your child to eat vegetables because your child understands the importance of a healthy body, but if your child doesn't understand that, you still want them to eat the vegetables, right? Right, right, and I guess, that's what leads me to John 1.1, 1, 1, 
uh, through four that says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light for all mankind. Mm -hmm. I like that better. Right. Although I hold it in two separate hands to no one comes to the father except through me. Right. That the word that spoke all things into creation is the light for all of us. Mm -hmm. And we need to, we, we can choose. We don't need to do anything. We can choose to walk in that light, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to share that light or to not respond to that light. Jesus to me, Jesus was not concerned with the afterlife either. Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him and he sits on his glorious throne before him, will gather all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, not based on what they believed, but based on how they lived. He said, I will turn to the sheep on my right and say, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me, naked and you clothed me, sick and in prison and you came to me. What mattered to Jesus was how you lived your life. And if you understood you were a part of this creation and meant to share your part so that all of creation was lifted up. Yeah. Yeah. And I I guess, I guess the thing for me is there is like a black and white way, right? There's like the, I accept Jesus as the Messiah who died for my sins. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Christian, right? Blah, blah, blah. Great. (laughs) The lightning bolts are coming now. Not from God. Not from God. (laughs) So there's these kind of black and white issues, which I think are clear, almost like with racism. Like, if you're in the KKK, you're a racist. If you're, there's some clear, (laughs) there's some clear ways to identify people. But then there's these nuances, which is where I feel like, I kind of lie, like similar to like institutionalized racism or like we're all racist really, right? right? Basically, if you live in America, we're racist. Like, so it's about uncovering kind of those subtleties and understanding. And I guess, I don't even know if it matters to me if I identify as a Christian or not. To be honest, if I, if I do at one point identify as a Christian, that identity is going to have to sit alongside other identities, right? Right. right. Like, I think at this point in my life, I'm, I'm not ever going to be just one spiritual identity right and so i think that's that's the subtlety i'm playing with is like is there then any point in identifying as christian right i mean when i was sitting in that church this sunday and i was thinking like when when we when the church finishes like if someone asks me about myself which direction am i gonna go am i gonna go like oh actually my dad's a minister and i'm in ministerial school and just be in that kind of comfort zone of I'm like you, you know, or am I going to go, yeah, I actually live at a bhakti yoga center and I practice like this ancient process of uh, the philosophy behind yoga, you know, or am I going to go, yeah, I'm in ministerial school, but it's not actually an MDiv, it's a master's of consciousness studies, which is equivalent to an MDiv. You know, there's like, there's these nuances that for me make my life rich and 
valuable and make my relationship with God rich and valuable, but they're difficult to explain. And maybe they're not difficult to explain, but they're scary to explain. Like it's easier for me to choose the identity that is most similar to the person I'm speaking with so that they feel comfortable. Right. Right. Which, which is difficult for me um, because I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I know Jesus. And Jesus is my personal Lord and Savior. Yeah. Um, I do believe Jesus is the Son of God that is different than any other incarnation. And I believe all that. So so legitimately I'm okay. Yes. Because because I can I can check off all the boxes that my conservative church could get me into heaven. But I'm also a pastor of a church that now begins worship with the statement that says, no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome. You know, the hardest thing for me, I guess my identity comes into question. I question the identity of Christianity versus non-Christian when I look at Andrew, my son, your brother. He is the epitome of the person I would want in my church. He's a good, wholesome, healthy, kind, giving, smart, thoughtful person who cares about people in general and the environment. Did you just start to cry a little bit? <laughs> I'm going to cry. And he, he fits all those things that Jesus said in Matthew 25 when he separated the sheep and the goats. Right. So if we get to that time, if that time ever exists, and Jesus sends him to hell, I'm going to hell too. Because if Andrew is not able to walk with Jesus, if that is ever the judgment, I don't really, I'm sorry, God, but I don't want to be a part of that God. Do you think you'd have that struggle if your children weren't um, unconventional Christians? Um, I can only hope. I would hope that God would lead me to those people. I mean, I pray daily for my conservative friends to either have one of their best friends or their family members transgender. Because then they have to deal with flesh and blood that they love, not with ideas in their heads. It's easy to hate an idea. Mm -hmm. It's hard to hate people. And Jesus didn't. He loved people and invited them into life. Yeah. That's the identity that I have chosen to follow after. Yeah. Yeah. I am a Christian who seeks life for me, for my family, for everyone I meet. I guess my question is like, okay, so for you, you are identifying as a Christian who seeks life. But I guess it feels, this sounds really cliche, but I guess it feels like a more like a spectrum to me. Absolutely. But it's a spectrum within the church as well. So to me, the secret is to get out of your head and back to where Jesus pointed you back into the world. Get out of your head, you know, do the meditation, do the devotion, but in the meditation and in the devotion, say, God, where do you want me to be today? Yeah. Am I where you want me to be? Yeah. And if you can say, I am where God wants me to be today, then you're in a good place. Yeah. Um, if you say, I'm not where God wants to me to be, then figure out how to get to where God wants you to be. Um, and don't worry about the label. That's one of the things I love about this generation, you know, is that, like, I'll say to one of you kids, 
I don't know if that's a man or a woman, you know, and, and you guys say it doesn't matter. That's a person, you know, you guys have less labels and I think that's good. I, I would argue that though. I think in a way we don't have less labels. We have labels. You have what? More labels. Oh, you do? Do you know what I mean? Like you're offering, like you grew up with a gender options of like male or female. So we don't have less labels. We now have male, transgender male, non-binary, like gender fluid, female. You know what I mean? It's like we actually don't have less labels. Okay. I would argue we have more labels. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I think I think you're right that there is a huge difference, and I appreciate your admiration of that difference. But I think in a way, it it can sometimes actually make it more challenging to navigate. I see. Because now there's actually more options. Yeah, right. And that's where I just say, for your own understanding of yourself, drop the labels. Yeah. And just say, God, am I seeking you? Right. Am I loving you? And am I loving myself? And am I loving others? and letting you love others through me. If I'm doing those things, I'm in good places, and I'm more than happy to let God take care of my eternal destination. Because I can't control my eternal destination anyway. Right, right. Well, I think actually that makes a lot of sense to me, because what it does is you're actually elevating the conversation of identity to a much higher level, which the reality of our identity is that we are all souls and we're all children of God. Like that's like the real identity. Like when, when you're down in an intimate moment with God, your identity is that you are his child, that you are his servant, whatever identity I land on. And maybe I don't have an identity and, and maybe it has to be a conversation every time. And maybe that's part of my witness, you know, that, um, But that when it comes to me and God in the actual real moments between us, God knows who I am better than I know who I am. Yeah. So talk with God about who you are. Right. And then just be it. And you're in good places. It's like when when we do this whole, you know, what's my identity? It's based on other people's judgments. And if we live our lives based on other people's judgments, we're in trouble. Right. You know, Jesus, you know what? I love the story of Zacchaeus. Right. Because Zacchaeus was labeled as a bad guy. Mm -hmm. Jesus called him out of the tree and said, I want to have lunch with you today. Mm -hmm. I just want to be a part of your life. He he didn't belittle him. He didn't make him change. But Zacchaeus, because Jesus treated him like a child of God, converted. He said, I'm going to yep. stop doing anything bad that I've done. And if I've done wrong to others, I'm going to fix it fourfold, you know, because he was loved, because Jesus reaffirmed yeah. his identif- identity as a child of God, he changed and live. You know, I think that's all we mm-hmm. have to do is affirm that people are, are children of God and they can walk with God whenever they want to. And as a Christian, I would say because of what Jesus did. Yeah. And I don't mean to belittle that. But whether you buy into that or not, you are a child of God. And if you just walk with God and stay with God, you're going to be in in good places. So this week, please don't quit on us if we've said something that offended you on one side or the other. We're seekers. So this week, please 
why don't you do a paperwork exercise? Put on the left side of a piece of paper all the things that people label you as. And then on the right side, put the things that God labels you as. And then just simply decide which list you'd rather be. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Big Fish Little Pod. We are super excited about this podcast and the community we are hoping to form around it. We really want you to reach out and share your responses and reflections. Right now we have three main ways to do that. You can either comment right on the podcast post on Facebook, which will be posted weekly on my dad's Bob Hollis Facebook page. You can private message him through Facebook as well, or you can email us at bigfishlittlepod at gmail.com. We will be releasing a new episode each week, and we are so excited and grateful for all of your support. Thank you so much. Also, came to learn that anyone who would send me to hell is not someone that yeah. I really want to spend an eternity with. Jokes anyway. uh, on you, because they're getting in too, Dad. Right, right, <laughs> and and I might not. <laughs>